Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon, and this is a very special episode of Recruiting Hell. It's not only our 10th episode, which I think is a nice little milestone, but it's also our first crossover episode with another content creator. So we're changing up the format here to not only try something new, but also make our guests feel a little bit more at home, as his content has a lot to do with the outdoors. You might even hear some birds chirping in the, in the background. Uh, this is our first attempt at a live and almost unscripted episode. Granted, you're listening to this as a recording, but I wanted to test out not only a few new recording techniques, but also a less scripted style of the show. So at the time of this recording, it is about 87 degrees out here on my patio, the humidity is roughly 70%, and we've got us one beautiful but oppressively hot Wisconsin summer day. We're also recording outside, so again, I mentioned the birds, there might be wind, or you know what, there might be lawnmowers in the neighborhood, whatever it might be. We're going to call that atmosphere today. Uh, but back to getting uh, going in the show here. Our guest today is a very good friend of mine and former colleague, uh, Chris Zahn, who hosts the blog Whiskey and Tacos. Uh, say hi to everybody, Chris. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Par for the course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not big for greetings and salutations and long-winded intros. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So to keep with the theme of the crossover here, we're obviously outside. We have some light snacks, and unfortunately, I didn't have any time to really make my you know world famous carnitas tacos. I did want to make those for you, buddy, oh, man. but uh, they are really tasty. Cut up pork chops and things that are delicious. Uh, but you know, we're gonna actually uh, have a couple snacks here and enjoy a, a few samples of whiskey here during the episode. Uh, and the goal is, of course, to let our hair down a little bit more than usual on uh, this show on recruiting hell, but still maintain. Uh, some of the decorum as we as we go into today's topic. Uh, and that being said, you know what? Let's get into it. And uh, we'll find out why I brought you on here, Chris. And uh, it's basically it's because you're someone who has inspired me to start this show. There's, there's a lot of people. You're in really good company with that. Uh, so give us a one-minute pitch, the elevator pitch, if you will, uh, of your life so far. And, and tell us a little about what you've been doing lately with your, your time and with your blog, Whiskey and Tacos. So I served in the Marine Corps for nine years. And after I left left that service, I had to figure out what kind of person Chris was going to be for the rest of his life. Um, not necessarily Sergeant Zahn, the persona I'd done well for the Marine Corps for a number of years. Uh, so I you know, did all the usual steps. I went to college. I found a good job after college and met fantastic people like Rob here. And I was hitting the benchmarks in my life, but it still felt like I was missing a piece of was I really doing things to make myself happy, right? So I've been out of work since April, and I literally just had the thought one day, if I don't do this now, if I don't try and make content that people have been asking me to make now, then I'm never going to do it. So I wanted to try it out, and so far, so good. It's working well. Gotcha. And I know that you've had whiskey and tacos is predates April. I know that. I know you've done a lot with it uh, in the past and you're, when you were in, in the Marine Corps, if I recall correctly, you did something with the journalism? Yes. Something like that? Can Absolutely. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I think that's a, a very important aspect of making your own thing, which is what today's episode's about. Absolutely. So I was a public affairs Marine or a combat correspondent. Um, if anybody's seen the movie Full, Full Metal Jacket, I was Joker. Um, without the cool hairdo or the peace sign on my Kevlar, but I was Joker. <laughs> Dad, okay, that explains a lot. Okay, so you are in, your position was in, in storied company of people like Richard Tregaskis and all these other famous war correspondents. Oh, that's really cool. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I didn't know it was that, like, 
I didn't know it was that involved. So yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm looking at some of my you know, little brief notes I wrote for this episode, and I have USMC service journalism. <laughs> but so that led into whiskey and tacos, obviously, mm-hmm. and I'm sure some of the skills from being a combat correspondent translated. Like what, what translates into making your own stuff? The the biggest thing for me that translated was. I felt my mission when I was a, a correspondent, especially the two, two trips I went to Iraq, was to take pictures of those guys doing their jobs and tell their stories. So now it's a little bit different in which I'm taking pictures of me doing you know, my life and telling my story. But it's still the same message, essentially. It's, there's a story out there that people want to hear and people want to listen to. So the Marine Corps taught me how to create it. I was probably not a very good writer coming out of high school. I was a terrible photographer the first time I was handed a camera. Oh, I didn't man. know how shutter speed or anything worked. <laughs> I still don't. I yeah. took a college course on it. I still don't know how that stuff works. Well, and this was 2004, 2005, so I didn't have the option of just being handed an iPhone and saying, point it and click it, right? <laughs> you actually had to learn how to shoot on manual and stuff like oh, that. Man. So they gave me those skills, and I somehow ended up pretty good at it, not great, I don't have the passion for the craft to be a great photographer because the difference between good and great to a layman doesn't seem like a big deal, but to a professional, it really is. Like I could take a good photograph all day long, but a great photograph takes years of passion and dedication, and I knew I wasn't going to be great, but I'm okay with being good. Good still tells the story. Right. Good does tell a story, and something that actually I recall that you are very good at is telling stories. Mm-hmm. I recall when we worked together, one of the people that I knew I could always go to and, and trust to say kind of the right thing mm-hmm. was you. Um, so we talked a little bit about, you know, what made you sit down and say, you know, I'm going to do do this, you know, to the next level here. Um, what's with the name? What's what's with Whiskey and Tacos? And, and, and like, it, it's a great name, but but why? I had a... Had a friend of mine asked me about this last night as I was telling him, yeah, I got a crossover episode tomorrow. Yeah, my, my other buddy runs Whiskey and Tacos. He's like, what's it about? I'm like, Whiskey and Tacos. <laughs> it's fascinating because for many years, my, I guess, personal brand has been centered around kind of four things. You know, I, I, I like drinking whiskey. I love eating tacos. I don't like wearing pants. And... <laughs> Sorry. And 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 I and I love you know making people laugh and, and tell stories. So Mission obviously all of these things couldn't fit in like one catchy title. And as much as I love hiking, and most of my page is probably centered more around hiking right now than anything else. Hiking and tacos doesn't sound as good as whiskey and taco does. No, it doesn't. Okay, so <laughs> it just rolled off the tongue nicely the first time I said it out loud, and I was like, you know what? That's the name. I'm going with it. Got it. So again, you're on here. We we've learned. In the past seven and a half minutes here, we've learned more about whiskey and tacos and your your past and everything. And and the reason you're you're here for our, our job seekers, again, this is a, a podcast for job seekers, mm-hmm. is I want to give our listeners something actionable to advance their careers. So what does doing your own thing, which is what I'm kind of terming, you know, creating a blog, doing mm-hmm. a podcast, getting into graphic design, whatever it might be, what does doing your own thing mean in the context of finding a new job to you? It's a great question. It's one I've definitely given a lot of thought of because I'm still actively job syncing myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I would love to do this full time and you know pay my bills with this blog and everything, it's not realistic. Right. What this does give me is a thing to devote my creativity and my time and my stress in a way towards 
and take some of that pressure off of job seeking. When I left the company I was at in April, I spent the first month, month and a half sitting at my computer as if I was still at work. So I was job hunting from, you know, I would sleep in a little later because I didn't actually have to right, be at get work. Right, up at 9, yeah. You know, so 8.30, 9 a.m., I'm up dropping resumes on LinkedIn and Indeed and CareerBuilder and, and everywhere else, and I would treat it as an actual job. I'd work a six-hour shift of job hunting, and then I would have time for video games and Netflix and everything else. And that's great and all, but after six or so weeks of that, I was going really stir-crazy. And then I actually found a job opportunity, and I said, okay... I'm going to go back into the workforce. And I lasted about seven days. <laughs> the and job wasn't a good fit. It wasn't something I wanted to do. And I actually sat down with the manager and had a really good, almost like breakup conversation. And then the next day I started whiskey and tacos because I told myself, if I'm going to sit in front of a computer for hours on end, I want to at least have something that makes me happy as part of it and not just chase money or a paycheck or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I want to devote my energy in towards just being creative and passionate and, and, and doing something for myself as well. And that's rewarding. Gotcha. So for somebody who was wanting to maybe supplement and almost the same way you do, obviously you said you still get out there, mm -hmm. shake up the job search and things like that. If somebody was out there and wanted to do this as a, passion project mm -hmm. which which is what that is yeah. what yours is what mine is here on on recruiting hell what's the first step the first step is just decide what you want to do and do it if it's a facebook page then create it the, the page is out there waiting for you if it's a book you want to write then sit down and write an outline um, no matter what it is the first step is honestly to stop listening to all the reasons we always tell ourselves why we can't do this or why it's not the right time to do it and just decide that if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So it's really just take that first step forward. I sat down and over the course of about 18 hours that very first day, and I left my computer probably twice because I was like, I'm creating a website, and I'm doing wow. all these other things because I finally took that first step forward. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm not going to go halfway. I'm going to do it all. And then if I decide to give up on it, I decide to give up on it. But at least I've done the work. Um, my biggest advice, honestly, would just get out of your own way. I told myself for years that there was never a good, you know, there's not a good time to do this. There's no audience for it. Nobody cares. And then I finally just did it. And I was blown away for the first three days by the reaction I received. Because most of the people who like my page, even now to this day, aren't my Facebook friend audience. They are people I've never interacted with before in real life. They're strangers who found my content and, and stuck around still, you know, a month or so later. Interesting. Okay. Cause that's really interesting. Is that obviously when you, when you start something like this to, mm -hmm. whether it's to supplement a job as a portfolio mm -hmm. or, or whatever it might be, finding somebody to, you can shout out there and say, I have this great stuff. Yeah. But if nobody's listening, that's kind of the end of it in this mm -hmm. case. So that that is really a, a unique thing that you that you say just do it basically. Mm -hmm. Get it out there and not to steal Nike's slogan, but literally just do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when it comes to like your your blog and things like that, how would you work that into a conversation with an employer? If you were if you were applying for a job and they said, Hey, what do you do in your free time? 
what I do in my free time is exactly what I sh- what I show in the blog. I, I I eat drink whiskey, I eat tacos, I go on hikes. But I also take the time to put in the work behind the scenes on that. For every blog post I make, for every you know hike I do that I take pictures of and I post to to my Instagram or whatever, that takes actual work and planning and effort. So I'm not lying in bed, you know, just farting around on my phone, which is kind of the perception sometimes of an internet blogger. You know, I can just do this from anywhere. No, this stuff takes work, and, and you're experiencing that as well. I mean, oh my gosh, micro content is killing me. Seriously, mm-hmm. getting all the little snippets out of the audio, it's like. This is no wonder people pay good money for this in marketing departments. And exactly. Like that. <laughs> when you realize when you start doing it all by yourself and you're a product of all your experiences, all your training and, and all the work environments you've had before that teach you that work ethic. Mm-hmm. Sure. But when you're doing it alone, you don't have someone that you can re review your content ahead of time. You just have to send it and hope it's right. And you've got to put all that trust in you. That is a great asset for, in my mind, an employer to have. I can trust this employee to go and do the work that they need to be doing. Uh, they're a fire and forget weapon, essentially. You know, I can do they can do it without supervision because they're self motivated, they're self driven, and if they are passionate about a project or a work environment, they're going to put their whole heart and soul into it, which is what I'm doing now in my free time. If I can work this hard for myself and I'm not making a dime off of it, pay me X amount of dollars a year, and I'll do that same amount of effort for you. Gotcha. So, and that's actually something I think that our dear listeners should probably really latch on to is that seeing a successful side gig or, or passion project, I think, is very valuable for an employer. That you can say, this is my website. This mm-hmm. is what I do. I'd like to do it for you, don't you think? Is, it, is that yeah. kind of the same? I, I fully agree. Because you're demonstrating a work ethic that doesn't require a salary. Interesting. Does that undersell you as an employee then, do you feel? I feel it could, sure. Okay. But I also feel that the kind of employer who would allow that to undermine, you know, essentially my talents probably isn't the right fit for me. If you are looking to hire someone like me and you see all of what I'm doing with this as a negative, then your company might not be the right fit for me. Because you don't actually support your employees being enthusiastic and passionate about things. You want assembly line robots, which isn't the kind of environment I'm looking for either. Right. You want order You want order takers, not rainmakers. I exactly. think I used to know somebody who used yes. to say that a lot. That's exactly, that, <laughs> I, You know, I was looking for the phrase in my brain. Yep. And I saw, you saw me stumbling around. I, I saw around you looking like, for it because uh, that, that person. I, I know what I'm looking for. Yep, to you say know here. exactly which, uh, which ism from him you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we're, we're talking about that sort of extra credit, if you will, that mm-hmm. you can show to an employer. I guess, in, in your opinion, what makes good content? You know, I can, I can make something. Like, we can turn out an episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. and if it's not interesting, if it's not fun, if it's not engaging, if it's just garbage... Nobody likes it. I have one of those episodes. You can see it if you look at my if you look at the demos and the the listener stats for this show. There is one episode that I did that just didn't hit, and that's that's okay. You can't you can't win them all. But what in your mind makes somebody get you know on the on on track more than than off? 
That's a fascinating question because there are consultants who will charge you six figures a month to give you that answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've sat in those classes and I've gone to those seminars and it really always boils down to the same few things. Be genuine, be honest, be yourself. You can have the most high quality video production or audio production in the world, but if the content that you're actually talking about doesn't excite people, if it doesn't excite you, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to gain an audience. I somehow gained an audience in the last 12 years or whatever it's been since I've been on social media by just always being me. That's a lot of my Facebook friends could probably attest to that. This isn't new to me that I like whiskey and I don't like wearing pants and I love tacos, right? All of this is just who I genuinely am Mm -hmm. as a person. And that shows in the people that are latching on to me now because they see that genuineness and they see that that honesty that they're always going to get from me. So that's that's my niche. That's my you know heart and soul of all this. I'm just always going to be me. Some people are going to like that. Some people aren't. But for the ones that they that do like it, that audience does exist, and I know it's out there. And I'm going to keep chasing it. Got it. Uh, you actually have to have to pause there for just a second because you're you are so on the money with your brand. With I like whiskey. I like tacos. I don't like pants. <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 absolutely great. And and that is something for somebody who is seeking a job mm-hmm. is is so important. I am this. I am this. I am this. And if you're looking for those things, boom, here I am. Yeah. Uh, and having the ability to kind of rattle that off as you do, or sometimes in, in my case for the show here as I do, I think is is incredibly valuable to those job hunters so it's weird because it sounds incredibly arrogant it kind of does in a vacuum it sounds incredibly arrogant to walk into a job interview and say this is who i am either hire me or don't essentially Mm -hmm. and that's a fine line that i've always had to walk that's some of the more most growth i've made personally and professionally the last year was learning how to balance people's um ability to perceive me as arrogant and me not understanding how I could be considered arrogant when I know where I'm coming from. That perception matters, though. And I've worked really hard on that. And I'm probably still going to have a lot of work to do. But arrogance is a fine line that can be poisonous if people perceive it that way. If people perceive you to be genuine and honest and helpful, and it doesn't matter. instead yeah. of arrogant? Yeah. If they perceive you to be confident and they know you're coming from the right place, then that, they will never perceive you as arrogant. But they only perceive you as an arrogant loudmouth. They kind of don't pay attention to the message. That's a fine line that I've had to walk for a long time because, and we've worked together. You've seen me be literally the loudest person in the room. Yes. Advocating on behalf of my team and my people. Because or your customer. They, yeah, and my customer. Oftentimes your customer. Yeah, because they need it and they deserve it. Mm-hmm. But you definitely will make, you know, some enemies along the way. And you'll definitely. Oh, sure turn some people off on you so it's dangerous in a job interview to be confident in yourself to the point of arrogance but also if that's just honestly who you are if you are sitting here in a job interview saying i am a b and c if you want those qualities hire me then the company is either going to hire you because you're the right fit Mm -hmm. or they're gonna make a bad decision or you won't be the right fit those are the three options right because you put the ball in their court basically when it comes to this saying I am these things. If you want these things, hire me. Yep. And if they if they make the mistake of not wanting those things or didn't didn't want those things, I guess uh, that's on them. Perhaps yeah. a <laughs> lot of case. companies think they know what they're looking for, 
until it stares him in the face and says, I'm what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Ignore the other candidates. I'm your guy. Gotcha. That's, that's, that's real good. So I want to I want to redirect here just a little bit because I sure. actually came across another question that I, I really wanted to tuck back into the uh, talking about why you should do do you know your own thing. Mm-hmm. And again, we still have to advocate. I think from both of us, keep job searching, keep doing the the I call it the wheel of momentum every day. You Absolutely. have to do something every single day to advance your job prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to that, you know, you could just volunteer. And we had a little talk about that in one of my earlier episodes with another guest. You could just go volunteer to be in the Humane Society or whatever it might be, and that's great. Do that. But, Chris, why do this, too? So I, I do volunteer, and I, I love volunteering. Mm-hmm. What you been doing? I'm curious. Uh, so I do Ruby's Pantry in West Bend. Um, I've done that a few times with, with folks. I, I volunteer as a, a you know, referee and a coach for nice. a couple couple kids flag football leagues mm-hmm. in, in the Milwaukee area. Um, I try to be a mentor to you know some of the younger football players, especially like, hey man, I know you're only 12 or 13 years old, but let me give you some you know tips on your footwork and stuff like that. I'm not a coach by any means, mm-hmm. but I'm a guy who's played football my entire life. So here's something that I learned how to do that could make you a more effective quarterback. For example, Ruby's Pantry was a life changing experience for me. Um, this is for those who aren't aware. Ruby's Pantry is a um, kind of like a food share program mm-hmm. in in West Bend, where people are allowed to you know show up and for twenty bucks a share they walk away with laundry baskets or buckets full of food and groceries. And the first time I ever did this, I actually crashed another department's team building because I felt, in the words of Black Widow, right from from Marvel, mm-hmm. that I had some red in my ledger I wanted to get rid of. I felt like I had to get right with the universe on some things that I felt guilty about. Um, so I wanted to go help some other people in a selfish manner. Sure. Cause I was doing it to appease my own guilt and, right. you know, some things that I thought I'd been a terrible person about. And I went there and I just stood outside for about five hours, loading groceries in people's car, meeting people from all walks of life, meeting fellow employees who were in the line to take care of their own family members. And, it was a game changer for me because that to me was selfish reason or not for showing up. You showed up and you did work that made people's lives better. And every opportunity I've had to volunteer, they do it once a month. I, I try to, I try to show up and just do something that makes those people's lives better. And I try to carry that over always now. Um, so volunteering is certainly, certainly important, but to I guess give you this is a very long answer to <laughs> to what could have been a very short. That's question. okay. It's okay. Um, this passion project of mine is about making me happy. I could have spent the first month, you know, with just my mom and my siblings watching my content, and I still would have been happy to be making it because it got me away from being sucked into an Xbox or a Netflix show. It got me away from drowning my sorrows in too much whiskey. Um, it got me away from feeling a societal pressure to be chasing a f- shiny object or, or a wad of cash. It allowed me to just do a thing that I was happy doing. And that to me is the most valuable part of it all. Find a thing that you are happy doing and just do all of that. Got it. And so again, this is, I'm also trying hard not to curse. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's so funny. We, we, we can edit. We can edit. But, yeah. um, 
this uh for those who don't know i'm i'm a marine right and uh, <laughs> i have a tendency to not have a filter so this is probably the longest i've ever talked in one go say, yeah, there we word. go 20, 24 minutes and 20 seconds of not cursing that's, that's very impressive <laughs> So what back, back what to I was going to say was just do that shit, okay? <laughs> right, and we can get away with a little bit of that. Yeah. It's just when we start talking <laughs> a little bit more aggressively, yeah. uh, we have to put the explicit <laughs> tag on it. So anyway, uh, but again, doing this as well as volunteering, it's it's more of a thinking of others mm-hmm. and then also thinking of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that sums up that, that answer that, that you gave there, mm-hmm. which is great. So now, Chris, uh, we're kind of coming... Into some of the, the tougher questions here, which is kind of fun. I'm here. I'm in for uh, it. When it comes to, you make a piece of content. You you uh, you did a hike video or, or uh, mm-hmm. something along that lines yesterday. I think I saw it on Instagram, yeah. right? What strategy did you use to get that out there? Obviously, you recorded it on Instagram. Where else did it go? And where else should somebody who is doing something to help build their portfolio push their work to? That's a great question because I don't have a strategy half the Interesting. time. I, I, I really don't. Um, there's a lot of times where um, the hike I did on Tuesday was a perfect example of that, where I, I wanted to get out and do a hike because it had been a few days since I'd done one, and I was going to challenge myself to go at least five miles no matter what. And I actually recorded that video for my personal Snapchat and just happened to save it. And then when I got back to the car... I was trying to think of, you know, what I wanted to post, essentially. What was the most valuable piece of photo or video or or whatever that I had taken at this point in the day? And did I need to shoot something else that could be better? And I just kind of latched onto that video because it really described best the emotions I was feeling at that point throughout the day. That hike was hard. You looked bushed, dude. I was struggling. (laughs) And that was only a mile and a half into the hike. Wow. Oof. And I ended up going six miles. <laughs> Yikes. Now, granted, I was at Lapham Peak, so the first mile and a half or two miles was all in that hilly area. So the rest of it was mostly flat terrain where I was able to just kind of cruise on. But that was the worst part of the hike was that between the one and the two mile mark where I almost just fell out and quit. So I threw the video up there because I was like, this is, to me, this. if I had to pick one thing to tell the story of this day, this is it. And then I waited until the following day to actually write my blog post and put the photos up and some of the stills. Because anyone who could pair those three things together between the writing and the photos and the, and the, the one minute long video understood the experience of that day better then. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a better strategy sometimes. I, I kind of realized that this morning because I have a, a YouTube video that I have done and ready to go for a product review I did. But I don't want to post it today because I'm going to be sharing, for example, that I was here. And I right. also wanted to make sure I went and got tacos earlier today for lunch because... Well, I'm I, really glad I didn't make them, but packing you full of tacos. If, if I would have known you, you made them, I would have <laughs> ate less tacos. Fair enough. <laughs> or I just would have ate them anyway because I can eat tacos all day long. Um, but I, I'm running into a problem right now where I didn't schedule how I was going to post the five or six different things I got, I got going on right now. I'm like, okay, I don't want to wait on it. I don't want to sit on it. I also don't want to post like seven things a day because then you're just blowing, you're just saturating your, your viewers. Right. And your viewers could also be people who are looking at you on LinkedIn or mm-hmm. 
on some other professional site, if you will, or, yeah. or even a non-professional site, if you have somebody who's a connection. Um, so I think you actually, actually you saying that you don't have a strategy, but that it seems like it might be time to turn the corner and get one. Yeah, is, is probably really valuable to folks who are here. And I think that's, that's valuable for job seekers in a way that you need to have not only a strategy on how you apply for jobs, mm-hmm. but the things that you post that are relevant on those platforms and Absolutely. your your video was showing you you know being beaten by this uh <laughs> this trail i think is is a really forceful piece of content and actually it does sound like we have a thunderstorm rolling in but hey uh we'll we'll keep it out here for a while i think we're good we <laughs> i think we're good time yep so the uh back to you know somebody who's looking at this as a resume builder mm-hmm Posting something like what you did, I think, really can help push them to the forefront and say, you know what, this is me, this is genuine me, and it might not be for hiking. It might be somebody talking about an experience they had with customer service or with, uh, I'm not sure what else might be in (laughs) in that that same vein, but customer service is the one that really rings a bell here. Uh, and saying, you know what, I really like this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. So, I think that works uh, works really really well. Now, in your mind, you you mentioned this a little bit earlier. What's the difference between making an actual meaningful effort at having a social presence to p- push yourself as a potential employee or blogger or whatever? And what what's the difference between that, between that and being wanting to be internet famous? I actually had that conversation with a friend of mine when I first started this um, this presence essentially mm-hmm. this is a guy who I've known we served in the Marine Corps together and he's created his own thing he's called the Marine Rapper he's a that's kind of his his niche is he's a, a, a black conservative Marine Corps veteran who's a rapper and he's got like four or five different albums out um, Trump actually just retweeted him a couple weeks ago which is pretty crazy that is that is crazy regardless of what you think about the exactly. Donald or whatever, but like so, <laughs> the president retreated your thing. Like, okay, you know, that's really, He's like, really nuts. Bro, I had 70 views on that video and then I, I woke up and I found out Trump retweeted me and now I have like 2 million. I'm like, that's awesome. But he never set out to be a internet famous, famous person. Mm-hmm. He set out on this journey, you know, over a decade ago to make music, which is what he's passionate about and to... Hmm to share stories with people because we were both public affairs Marines. Um, so he's done a, a variety of things over the years and this just happened to be, you know, kind of his viral moment. I don't want to be internet famous. I don't want to be an influencer. I think that term sounds shady sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to try and sell you diet tea or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or a slimming belt or anything like that. Um, diet tea and slimming belt, if you're listening to the podcast, we, we will take a sponsorship just so you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little fluffy. I might need your tea. Um, but th- he, he called me out correctly because I told him, I was like, I don't want to be an influencer. I just want to have an influence on people. And he's like, bro, that's an influencer. Interesting. Like, okay, but you know what I mean by the term influence? He's like, I get it, but don't worry about the title. If you just want to have an influence on people, then just do it. And don't worry about what other people think you're trying to do. I promise you, if you're just trying to be internet famous, you're going to go viral for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Someone's going to catch you, like, picking your nose in a Target and then flicking the booger on an old lady somehow, right? And you'll go internet famous for that. But if you just want to influence people, then just keep doing what you're doing. 
Okay, I got it. I trust you. Fair enough. And I mean, again, the guy who's got <laughs> got a two million view thing, he might know something about yeah, that. So he's he's been through it before. <laughs> so and that that I guess goes into something that with with all of these things, your project, my project, somebody who's listening to this, thinking of starting a project, it all doesn't happen in a day. It all doesn't happen at all. I mean, you might even be lucky with you know when I started this podcast. I was thrilled when I got five downloads, like five. Yeah. And now we're, you know, uh, yesterday we actually released episode, or not yesterday from this recording, I should say yesterday from this recording, uh, we released episode eight. So this is being done, you know, significantly in advance. Uh, but that had more listens than like the previous week. Like mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. And I think for somebody who's starting this, knowing that you have to start really small and start really slow, is is normal and i think that's maybe the big difference between being somebody who can influence people Mm -hmm. and being an influencer yeah you can't give up just because it didn't take off into the sun right away if that was the case then none of this that we're doing now in terms of like social media in general wouldn't have taken off the way it did if they gave up you know if they didn't get a million you know people in the first six months or whatever um I understand that this is going to take time, and I don't really care, I guess, how big my audience gets, because it's already surpassed what I thought it was going to be in the first place. I told Set my, low expectations so they're yeah. easy to exceed, right? I, I told myself <laughs> when I first started it, especially the Facebook page, for example, that if I got 100 people in the first two weeks, I would keep going, because I, I, I would actually kind of hit my, my – that was my benchmark, and I hit 102 days. Like, oh. Well, now. Now I have to keep going. <laughs> I've already surpassed my benchmark. Uh, I'm floating around 700 right now, uh, but I also tailed off a lot of the like paid ads and stuff I was running uh, just because I kind of want to make sure I get the rest of my stuff in line before I have a bigger audience. Right. I don't want it to explode beyond a point where I can't create the content that it deserves, if that makes sense. Good, good to know because, I mean, this, for somebody who is maybe juggling – Home life, mm-hmm. spouses, kids, getting those kids to whatever practice or whatever it might be. And again, we're in, we're in summer, in the mm-hmm. middle of a pandemic, and all this this garbage is going on. But at some point in time, life is going to return to normal. Yep. Having, I guess, an appropriate amount of support behind what you do is is super important. Whether you're looking for a job, looking for a better job, or just want to get something going. If Absolutely. You will. Interesting. Alrighty, last couple bits here uh, as we kind of wind down. I know you hike a bunch. I know you spend a ton of time in nature, and that's a really cool thing. And the, but when you're out there, you probably have a lot of time for your mind to kind of wander and things like that. What is the best thing you've come up with out in the middle of nowhere to promote your personal brand, not just as a blog, but also for you as a job seeker? That's a great question. For me, hiking, especially when I'm doing it alone, is an opportunity to really process emotions. Um, I've had, especially over the last few weeks, I've had a fairly rough stretch of affairs in my personal life. You know, for for a number of different reasons, mm-hmm. I felt I felt discouraged, and I felt like I had made wrong choices over the last few years, um, and I was kind of you know losing hope. Um, that's why the hike the other day that I did that was so challenging. The biggest reason I kept going is because I wasn't done processing all of these emotions. I still had 
things to think my way through and I hadn't finished challenging myself yet. I do these hikes and I love doing them alone because it gives me the opportunity to discard bad thoughts and to embrace good ones. It gives me the opportunity to come up with a a plan and a strategy for what I'm going to do for the next 30 minutes, 3 hours, 30 days, whatever. This is my goal now. My goal right now, the other day, was to survive that hike. Right, right. <laughs> not be found dead in the gorge somewhere. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but then it was okay. I gotta find food and in a Gatorade, and then it was I gotta tell this story, and then, you know, thirty days later, I want to have more of these. So that's really how it kind of evolves in my brain. It's what's immediately pressing on you. What's the most pressing problem you have? What can you do about it? realistically what can you do about it because sometimes what you want to do or what you think you should do about it you actually can't you know there's no magic solution to a lot of these problems that we all face in life whether you're job hunting or dealing with family issues or whatever there's no magic easy button right right so you get to embrace the bad thoughts discard them when appropriate or find out what needs to be done to fix them and then i take my pack off (laughs) is one of my Favorite sayings that I learned from our previous employer was, you know, it's not your backpack. And sometimes it's not your weight to carry. You're carrying somebody else's burden because you feel obligated or responsible for it somehow. So I literally can take my backpack off at the Mm -hmm. end of these hikes and leave a lot of those emotions behind where they belong. And that, to me, is very powerful. I'm sure, and especially because you... A job hunt is stressful. We, we talked about this in one of my previous episodes, mm-hmm. uh, episode eight with uh, with Christine Berry, uh, where she's a licensed clinical uh, clinical therapist, mm-hmm. and you literally echoed without having a clinical background yep. exactly what she said about getting getting out the bad, feeling your feelings, and making sure that you know you are not carrying other people's weight mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to things that you can control you know obviously you should support your spouse you should support your kids you should support you know the people who rely on you but sometimes that just doesn't doesn't quite there's other factors that that don't quite quite do that so i guess clarity perhaps for Mm -hmm. your brand for your job hunt is something to have is to say maybe identify what you want what you need and work on it that immediacy Mm -hmm. of this is the problem i have i do not have a position I would like a position. How do I fix that? Agreed. Okay. And especially in terms of job hunting specifically, what's your situation? I had the, you know, I had a very fortunate privilege over the last few months that I could turn down an opportunity if it didn't feel right. Hmm. There haven't always been moments in my life where I had that opportunity. Right. Where I just Same took here. the first job offer that was given to me knowing I probably would hate the work, but because it meant a paycheck and Mm -hmm. it meant providing for my family and paying bills. And every one of the people listening to this has been in those shoes. I guarantee you it's a human tradition. Right. They probably are in those shoes right now too. That's, you know, we got still big problems in this country, especially if there's going to be a second wave of the Rona. Yeah. It's really tough to tell people to only find a job that's the right fit for you. Because unfortunately, that's not always an option. You know, there's no one, and not to demean it, but there's probably no one who's working the fry cook at McDonald's who thinks this is the job I want to do for the rest of my life. It's a good fit in that moment in that it 
fits some of their needs, I mm-hmm. guarantee you. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. But that's not what gets you out of bed in the morning, is to go make fries. Is to go, I'm going to deep fry everything. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's work, and it's exhausting work, and it's grueling work, and it's really hard, and they don't get paid well enough for it. Right, and I've been that guy, yeah. and you come home and you smell like grease. Exactly. All the time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been the pizza cook oh. at, at a number of places. I've waited tables. I've done all sorts of, you know, crappy work, essentially. And each time, I always knew there was a better job out there for me. So don't feel ashamed if you have to take the job that pays the bills right now, because we're in a wild time. There's a pandemic and everything else going on. So if you have to take the job right now that just pays the bills, then do it. No one's going to judge you for it or shame you for it. And if they do, those aren't the people you want in your life. But if you can ever find the opportunity to do the right fit and do something that makes you happy, chase that with all your heart and soul. Awesome. That is probably the best, like, ending kind of note that I think we could, could probably uh, probably come up with. I can't... I, I'm liking this unscripted thing a little bit. We might, we might revisit this again in the future either yeah. with yourself or with... This is way more natural for me. Yeah. I don't like scripted too much. Like, give me a framework, and then let's just go. Right. And I, and I think for, for topics like this where you, you know, you're a content creator, mm-hmm. you're a creative type, uh, I think this works very well. So I think for the, for the show, we might have a... Yeah. Switch back and forth every once in a while because I mean I'm yeah. sure you know you've listened to a couple episodes I'm fairly sure and then oh, yeah. well it depends on the guests like the mm-hmm. um, the one you did the other day with the psychologist that can't really be as much of a unscripted thing is because you have points that you feel like you need to hit right and I think we hit points for our for our listeners today mm-hmm. as well uh, you know maybe in between a few few laughs and yeah. you know uh, you know a crunch of a cracker and things like that <laughs> here but. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty much time to wind this down. You know, we've been we've had a great long show, and I think you you really uh, spoke a lot to why people should pursue something for themselves, even when they're unemployed. And oh, one last question. Okay. Cost, because that's one of the things that I know a lot of folks find is prohibitive. Like, mm-hmm. I need to host this podcast. It costs money. I need to do whatever this is. It, it costs money. I need to create this thing for Instagram. It costs money. What's the uh, what's the big factor in helping folks control the cost of doing something like this, of creating their own thing? <laughs> so I'm in I'm inherently cheap as a person. <laughs> I prefer to pay as little as I can, right, for something that works and gets the job done. Sure, and I think. Roughly, my total investment in terms of, you know, some of the hiking boots I've bought and some of the other gear I've bought and um, tripods and little stuff like that, I think I've spent about 500 bucks okay. total over, you know, the last two months. Um, that also includes, you know, like things like buying my website domain and paying for, uh, you know, some, some of the premium services for, like, uh, managing my page and stuff like that. But I, I was fortunate enough to where I had the money. But I f- honestly feel like I could have done all of this for less than a hundred. Okay, because that, that, that was the one thing I was a little worried about. Like, I, I don't know if everybody has somebody has yeah. you know five hundred bucks sitting around. I didn't need to go buy you know two new pairs of Merrill boots. I did them because I kind of broke one pair, so I had to replace at least one of them. But I also wanted to review the ones that I'm actually wearing on my feet right now. Um, Oh, those are nice looking. <laughs> the, the the tripod I bought that I've used the heck out of cost me like 17 bucks, And I really could have just done 
90% of everything I've done to this point with just the tripod and my cell phone that I already had, you know? Cause That's actually one thing I have. I have to get a tripod for the show. I'll send you a link. Please do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's a nice little tripod, selfie stick, you know, Bluetooth remote combination. Wow. And I did research. I'm on Amazon going, I don't want to spend 100 bucks on a piece of gear that I may never use again if this content doesn't take off. Mm-hmm. So I'll spend $18 on this piece of gear and get my money's worth out of it. And if it breaks, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> right. I'm usually a buy once, cry once kind of person. But mm-hmm. uh, And I suppose the other thing you mentioned, too, is you know there's hosting for websites and things like that. I know a lot of stuff, um, for us here at least at, at Recruiting Hell, we just moved actually to a paid service. Everything up until then was $0. So it is very feasible for somebody who wants to start a passion project mm-hmm. to get either on you know, a... Uh, you know, we're on Spreaker, and I think that's that's our main distribution hub, mm-hmm. or Podbean, or wherever else it might be. You can do a lot of this at minimal investment, mm-hmm. other than just time. Which, in fear and yeah, job absolutely. hunt, that's something you tend to have a lot yeah. of. The most valuable thing you have is your time. So, it's the only thing find, you can't get more yeah, of. Find something, <laughs> find a piece of gear that works, or a website that works, and just go with it. And then, if it becomes profitable reinvest into better gear Mm -hmm. or a better website service you know that's all stuff that you should be looking at if this ever becomes you know a a thing i can retire off of then i'll have the 200 hundred dollar tripod and you know the the expensive microphone right be walking around like gary vaynerchuk is the guy following him with a camera and things (laughs) you know i'll have the 500 hundred dollar hiking boots and everything else and i'll probably be sitting there going i didn't need to spend 500 dollars on these the ones i got for 70 bucks work just fine (laughs) right um, but no, I, I intentionally set out to do this at minimal cost because I didn't want to waste a lot of money on something that might not pan out. And I'm also, I'm pretty cheap as a person. You know, I get all my football cleats at Ross or Marshall's mm-hmm. because I can get them for 20 bucks and they're just the same pair of Nikes that were 140 at the store last year. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Ross, Marshall's, TJ Maxx, I do all my shopping there. Good deal. All right. Well, let's wrap this up for the day. Again, Chris, thank you so much for swinging by. Uh, this is kind of the time where, where you get to plug uh, plug your stuff, you know, Facebook, Insta, social, wherever you are. Uh, let, our, let our listeners know so they can follow you because you, you got great content. You do, man. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I am Whiskey and Tacos. I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. <laughs> I don't have a Snapchat, but I do have a website. And I also do have an email address, whiskeytacofans at gmail.com. And you can email me, you can WhatsApp me, you can Facebook message me anytime. I'm always glued to my phone. The only time I won't respond is if I'm asleep, because then it's impossible. Or in the middle of a podcast with with your friend. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> that's yeah, good. I've, I've been trying really hard not to Man, like... You, you are on everything. That's that's unbelievable. That was, the, that was the 18-hour day I did. When I sat down, I literally sat down on my computer at 10 a.m. and said... I'm doing it. And I created everything from 10 a.m. till 3 a.m. And then I woke back up at 7 and started working again. Holy and I cats. woke up with a level of excitement that I haven't had. I, I didn't even feel tired. I was ready to get back to work. And that's how I knew I was doing the right thing. Well, then you also managed to secure the whiskey and tacos label across as many things. Yes. I, I've seen there are a couple of folks yeah. out there uh, that are very similar. but uh, I was very fortunate. <laughs> It started with the website. Once I knew I had the website dialed in, yeah. whiskeytacos.com, I'm like, good. 
I can do everything else now. Fair if, enough. If, if, <laughs> if the Instagram is whiskey.tacos and the Facebook is whiskey and tacos, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. But the website has to be whiskey tacos. <laughs> Good deal. Well, I guess that wraps our episode for this week. Again, Chris, thanks for coming on. Uh, as always, listeners, if you have questions, comments, feedback with us here at Recruiting Hell, you can always drop us a line at the Recruiting Hell Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Recruiting underscore Hell. We have our Facebook fan page for Recruiting Hell Podcast, or we're on Instagram now with Recruiting underscore Hell underscore Podcast. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, followed, or shared the show with somebody who needs to help, uh, some help finding work, please, by all means, do. I'd greatly appreciate it, and I'm sure they would as well. As a reminder, there are millions of Americans out there who could benefit from learning more about how to power up their job hunt. They are likely your friends and neighbors. Let's get them helped out. And finally, as always, thank you to Purple Planet Music for our theme song, and you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Rob Conlon, and remember, job hunting is a marathon, not a sprint. And Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.